I think it's safe to say that we as humans love a good mystery. We're always curious about what potential outcomes or answers may be. Knowing what lies under our ocean surface has always been a great mystery, and it's commonly known that as little as 5% of our oceans have been explored so far. I've mentioned this in earlier episodes, but the use of a diving bell was first recorded by the Greek philosopher Aristotle in the 4th century BC. Quote, They enable the divers to respire equally well by letting down a cauldron. For this does not fill with water, but retains the air, for it is forced straight down into the water, end quote. The system that we see divers using today, known as an open-circuit system, wasn't invented safely until 1942 by Jacques Cousteau and Emile Gagnon. Jacques Cousteau lived an interesting and adventurous life and is often referred to as the father of scuba diving. Join me this week as we dive deeper into the life of Jacques Cousteau. Every living thing, eagles, roses, whales, butterflies, trees, fishes, corn, turtles, amoebas, and even man himself, all are mainly composed of organized water. No matter what the form of water, clouds, snow, dew, rivers, lakes, or glaciers, there is only one source of life-sustaining water, the sea. Hi everyone, I'm your host Alex, and welcome back to Narcosis Into the Deep. This episode, we're taking a deep look into the life and adventures of Jacques Cousteau. It's safe to say that without Jacques Cousteau and his invention of the aqualung, scuba diving and oceanography would still be in their infancy today. Buckle up, because Jacques Cousteau who once called himself a, quote, oceanographic technician, lived a full life with a ton of amazing accomplishments. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. Imagine having no weight. Imagine that this would be underwater. You would move like this, swimming in space above all your little friends. It's beautiful. Jacques Cousteau was born on June 11, 1910, in France. At age four, Jacques learned to swim and started a lifelong fascination with the water. As he entered adolescence, he showed a strong curiosity for mechanical objects, and upon purchasing a movie camera, he took it apart to understand how it operated. This is the Jacques Cousteau most people would recognize. The man in the wetsuit, air tanks strapped to his back, heading overboard. It was a routine he repeated over and over again, hundreds, perhaps thousands of times over his long and adventure-filled life. But less known was that Cousteau was an inventive genius. Despite his curious mind, Jacques did not do well in school. At 13, he was sent to a boarding school in Alsace, France. After he completed his preparatory studies, he attended College Stanislas in Paris. Forgive me if I mispronounce that. And in 1930, Jacques entered the French Navy where he became a naval officer. 
After graduating from France's Naval Academy in 1933, he was commissioned a second lieutenant. However, his plans to become a Navy pilot were undermined in 1933 when Jacques was in a major automobile accident that nearly took his life. During his rehabilitation, he took up daily swimming in the Mediterranean Sea. It was around this time that one of his friends, Philip Talies, gave Jacques a pair of swimming goggles, which opened his eyes to the mysteries of the sea and began his quest to understand the underwater world. During World War II, when Paris fell to the Nazis, Jacques and his family took refuge in the small town of Magrive near the Swiss border. For the first few years of the war, he quietly continued his underwater experiments and explorations. In 1943, Jacques met Emile, a French engineer who shared his passion for discovery. Around this time, compressed air cylinders were invented, and Jacques and Emile experimented with snorkel hoses, bodysuits, and breathing apparatus. In time, they developed the first aqualung device, allowing divers to stay underwater for long periods of time. When my friends and I started, it was for us the pleasure of discovering. I wanted to show what was in the sea so that people would love it. It's also important to note here that Jacques also went on to help invent many other tools that would be useful to oceanographers, such as the diving saucer in 1959, which was an easily maneuverable small submarine for seafloor exploration, and a number of underwater cameras. He pulled out a saucer from under a coffee cup and then put another one on top and he said something like this. Cousteau very often insisted on testing his new devices and techniques himself, frequently risking his own life in the process. Here was a man who took th these devices down enormous depths, not having any idea what would happen. And so it was really tri trial and error in, in a very dangerous sense. And he always survived. During this time, Jacques made two documentaries on underwater exploration. The original titles are both in French, which I'm not even going to attempt, uh, but they translate to 18 meters deep and shipwrecks. Later, still during the war, Jacques would join the French resistance movement, spying on Italian armed forces and documenting troop movements. Jacques was recognized for his resistance efforts and was awarded several medals, including the Legion of Honor from France. After the war, Jacques worked with the French Navy to clear underwater mines. Between missions, he continued his underwater explorations, performing various tests and filming underwater excursions. In 1948, Jacques, along with Philippe Talia's expert divers and academic scientists, undertook an underwater expedition in the Mediterranean Sea to find the Roman shipwreck Madea. This was the first underwater archaeology operation using a self-contained diving apparatus and marked the beginning of underwater archaeology. We have not sighted another ship in weeks. 
Often I am vaguely haunted by a fantasy that we are alone. That beyond the horizon there is no longer a landfall. But the sun draws reason to the surface and my thoughts return to our primary mission. To observe and record on film the life song of the sea. To expand his work in marine exploration, Jacques founded numerous marketing, manufacturing, engineering, and research organizations, which were incorporated in 1973 as the Cousteau Group. In 1950, he converted a British minesweeper into the Calypso, an oceanographic research ship aboard which he and his crew carried out numerous expeditions. Today marks the end of the third year of our expedition. Faithful Calypso has carried us nearly 140,000 nautical miles. And the divers have spent the one-man equivalent of 14 months in the depth. Yet we go on, farther and deeper in the sea. After struggling for financing to conduct his voyages, Jacques soon realized he needed to attract media attention to make people aware of what he was doing and why it was so important. In 1953, Jacques published the book The Silent World, which was later made into an award-winning film. This success allowed him to finance another expedition into the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean sponsored by the French government and the National Geographic Society. During the rest of the decade, Jacques conducted several expeditions and brought more attention to the mysteries and attractions of the underwater world. In 1966, Jacques launched his first hour-long television special, The World of Jacques Vez Cousteau. In 1968, he produced the television series The Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau, which ran for nine seasons. Millions of people followed Jacques and his crew, traversing the globe and presenting intimate exposés of marine life and habitats. It was during this time that Jacques began to realize how human activity was destroying the oceans. But for Cousteau, survival of the environment is what was really important. In the 1960s, he helped stop underwater dumping of nuclear waste in the Mediterranean Sea and helped restrict commercial whaling in the 1980s. He wanted to protect the world he so enjoyed exploring. Jacques would go on to write several books, including The Shark in 1970, Dolphins in 1975, and Jacques Cousteau, The Ocean World, in 1985. With his increased celebrity and the support of many, Jacques founded the Cousteau Society in 1973 in an effort to raise awareness of the ecosystems of the underwater world. The organization quickly grew and soon boasted 300,000 members worldwide. In the 1980s, Jacques continued to produce television specials, but these had a more environmental message and a plea for stronger protection of oceanic wildlife habitats. As the world population soars and its land resources shrink, man has accelerated his exploitation of the sea. His technology is imaginative and efficient, 
but potentially disastrous. For the sea, mother of all life on the water planet, is not, after all, invulnerable. The future of the sea is now dependent upon man's understanding of her strength and precarities and man's profound respect for her life-producing nature. The alternative is clear. Man, then, as a chance traveler on the water-gifted spaceship Earth, must never forget that all of the waters of the world today are the same waters which first materialized on the newly born Earth four and a half billion years ago. That's all the water there is. There won't be any more. In June of 1979, tragedy struck when Jacques' son, Philip, was killed in a plane crash. According to a 1979 article by the Associated Press, Philip had been flying the plane during a test flight, and when he attempted to land, the plane clipped a sandbank and crashed into Portugal's Tagus River. Then, on January 8, 1996, the Calypso, which Jacques spent so many hours and so many expeditions on, was accidentally rammed by a barge and sank in the Singapore harbor. It would take 17 days to get the ship out of water. Jacques tried to raise money to build a new vessel, but he unfortunately died unexpectedly in Paris of June 25, 1997, at the age of 87. His estate and foundation fell into dispute among his survivors. Most of the legal disputes were settled by 2000, when his son, Jean-Michel, disassociated himself from the Cousteau Society and formed his own organization, the Ocean's Future Society. After Jacques died unexpectedly, a homage was paid to him by his hometown by naming the street which runs out of the house of his birth, Rue du Commandant Casto, where a commemorative plaque was placed. Jacques' legacy includes more than 120 television documentaries and more than 50 books. The Cousteau Society and its French counterpart, Equipe Cousteau, both of which Jacques Cousteau founded, are still active today. The Cousteau Society is currently attempting to turn the original Calypso into a museum, and it's currently raising funds to build a successor vessel, the Calypso II. In 2007, the international watch company introduced the IWC Cousteau Divers Special Edition. The timepiece incorporated a sliver of wood from the interior of Cousteau's Calypso research vessel. Having developed the diver's watch, IWC offered support to the Cousteau Society, and the proceeds from the timepiece's sale were partially donated to the nonprofit organization involved in conservation of marine life and preservation of tropical coral reefs. Jacques' grandson, Fabien Cousteau, is planning to construct a community of ocean flooring analysis stations called Proteus off of Curacao at a depth of about 65 feet or 20 meters in a marine protected area. Divers could reside and work in these underwater habitats. Engineering is said to begin this year, 2022, with the habitat put on the sea bottom in 2025. 
Just last year, in 2021, the film Becoming Cousteau from National Geographic Documentary Films was released. I highly recommend this film. Follow along on Captain Cousteau's incredible journey and discover his role as an inventor, explorer, environmentalist, and revolutionary filmmaker. For over four decades, Jacques Cousteau and his explorations under the ocean became synonymous with the love of science and the natural world. As he learned to protect the environment, he brought the whole world with him, sounding alarms more than 50 years ago about warming seas and our planet's vulnerability. If somebody said, what do you expect to see at the bottom of the Romanche Trench, which they were the first to photograph, he would say, if I knew what I expected to see, why would I go? Why, why would I even look? And so it was Allevoir. Allevoir, go see. Advice Cousteau himself followed until the end. Jacques Cousteau will live on as the father of scuba diving, but now it's up to us and future generations to focus on ocean conservation. I highly recommend watching National Geographic's Becoming Cousteau and visiting www.cousteau.org. I'll be linking the organization into the podcast description. It is tragic that among all the men scurrying about the tiny continental islands of our water planet, too few are able to sense the serum coursing in their veins. Too few who can feel, I am the sea, and the sea is me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. I mentioned it on the Instagram podcast and also on the Patreon, but just so that way I can document it here in a podcast episode for my listeners. I'm canceling the Patreon account um, with my full-time job and I just started grad school. It's kind of hard to release these episodes on a timely manner, so I'm going to be working on them when I can, when I have the free chance, and so releasing episodes is going to be kind of sporadic and I do apologize for that, but I really appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much and I'll see you all on the next episode. I want to take a quick break so I can tell you about a new podcast that I've been listening to, Bag of Hammers. Andy, Kenny, Joe, and Donnie are four men who work together for a concrete contractor. Sharing their insights and experience in the industry, they have hilarious stories, thought-provoking conversations, and even discuss some of the worst disasters to occur in the construction industry. I love listening to podcasts that feel like I'm sitting with a group of friends, having a great time, laughing hard, and learning about a new topic. This is definitely one of those podcasts. So be sure to give Bag of Hammers a listen and let them know that Alex sent you.